Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, sir. How are you? How are you, Dwayne? I'm, I'm tired today. I'm really, really tired? tired. But yeah, I'm tired only because I had I had like a pretty pretty grueling weekend. Like I um, Saturday, I left my house at 5 a.m. drove for three and a half hours from New York to Putnam, Connecticut. Taught from 10 to 2.30 and then went out to lunch with my host, Mike Budansky, who's a super successful school owner. Maybe we, we're probably going to have him on next week with us to do some cool interviews with him. Runs a massive school, gorgeous school, saunas, locker rooms, weightlifting facility, multiple training floors. Anyway, so I taught there, had lunch with him, hung out a little while, jumped in my car, drove another three and a half hours from Putnam, Connecticut to um, Peekskill, New York, to be with my other good friend, Adam McCauley, who runs Gonosen Karate, another super successful school owner, which we might highlight the week after. And um, he, uh, and then I taught there for two days in a row for like six hours a, a day uh, at his school. So yesterday um, was I was exhausted, and I just feel like I'm just recovering. It's People don't realize, but when you're on stage, you're on, on point teaching a seminar, you're on for the full hour. You know, everyone, and then after I'm signing autographs and people want me to order, it was really cool. They brought their swords and they actually had me so, sign their swords. And I, I felt nice. like, a, I felt like a rock star, you know, like it felt like I was, I, I, I felt like I actually was something, you know, it was pretty cool. I mean, it yeah, was your a good Gene time. Simmons moment. Exactly. I had my two minutes or, or two days of fame. But uh, no, I love teaching those events and um, different than our own dojos because they're even though that we're, we're revered or respected or whatever in our own schools, um, they see us every day, so we become common, right? So that they look at us differently than they do that these people are like, oh my god, you know, and, and so on. Yeah, I always call it that we're you know we uh, and parents are like this with your own kid, but we're dealing with the law of familiarity. Yeah. You know, and uh, so when people are familiar, they, they, you know, tend to treat you a little bit differently than, than with not. And it's funny that you bring that up because this is maybe off topic, but I was talking to one of my instructors yesterday and I said, you know, that's why, and it was similar with the law of familiarity. I said, that's why I refuse with my instructor. I refuse to not say yes, sir, or not say, um, uh, you, you know, call him by his title or anything like that. Be, uh, I don't want it to ever get to that point that it's uh, we're friends. I mean, we are friends, yeah. but he's my instructor, and and I want that. I want there to be that hierarchy. Now, are there some things that I can do better than him? Absolutely. But are there right. things that he does better than me? Absolutely. But it still doesn't matter. Yeah. Even if I could physically do everything better than him, I, I, which I can't, but I still wouldn't, um, I still wouldn't take that away if that makes, you know what I mean? I want to, I want it, to have it, that. It totally does. And I, we've talked about this in the past on our, one of our calls about reverence for your teachers. And, you know, it's like this. Um, we, I think, I believe we're living in a society where, you know, the, and, and I'm not sure of the newest generation, what they're actually called. We couldn't figure that out, but I know it's like, I came from the baby bus generation, and then there's the millennials, and then it's the Generation X, right? And then, and then after that, no, 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 yeah. morons. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 but what's interesting, so interesting, is that that generation has been taught, and it's not that they they made it up on their own. They've been taught buck 
buck you know the system uh the man is is against you the rich hate you um government is not for you you know everything is against them they come from this very defensive mindset and it's even the millennials too we're always looking for the gimmick they're not really ever looking at the the uh you know genuine you know of uh, how a person could be genuine like for example i was away at this one seminar and um the instructor asked his instructors like what is a business what what's the purpose of a business um for his leadership team and most people answered to make profits to to make money to blah, blah. it was all business based but what i what they don't realize is that every business whether you know whether they're a high profit business like walmart they they have a purpose they're purpose driven um, and by the way, if Walmart poofed out of the out of the sky and disappeared tomorrow, you know how many people would be hurt, families devastated, people without jobs. So a company, yours, mine, and so on, has um, has a uh, I don't know why my phone is ringing, um, and has a um, responsibility to keep their employees happy, alive, living, and so on. I know I do. I have to make payroll every week. I can't just go. Sorry, guys, uh, we had a slow month. My, I have to kill myself to make sure that my people are paid, the taxes are paid, the bills are paid. So um, huge responsibility. And so it's not just about the business. We have a, you know, we have a big higher purpose, right? So uh, yeah, well, there's an obligation there, and and all businesses, right? All businesses started as some sort of uh, passion or idea that they wanted to make this product or service for, um, you know, maybe themselves first but then primarily it solved the problem for other people and that's what that's what business is out there to do is to solve problems yeah you know yeah and you solve enough problems you make you make more money i mean it's a byproduct of solving the problem yeah and i guess i mean i guess there are those genuine genuinely greedy individuals that care about nothing but profit and a human is only a number you know and all that other stuff but i know like in my school when when and, and we don't have this much anymore, but if we had any parents that were more like, um, you know, this is a business for you, going like, yeah, I do make a living out of it. But it, I get insulted because I don't really treat it like a business because the student is always first. It's ultimately my goal to teach them real martial arts and make them love what they do and help them become better people, blah, 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 right? And we're there to, you know, improve lives. So, yes, we make a living. Yes, we expect to make a decent living. But at the same time, um, my ultimately my goal is, you know, I always tell the parents, it's not, it's not, you know, your team versus our team. We're a team together. Our goal is if your child is my student, my goals are the same for him as you. I want him to be amazing or her to be amazing. There's no, you know, it's not, there's no underlining business tone, secret mission kind of thing going on. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. hey, what is, um, uh, I know our topic is, um, you know, uh, success happens. And right. so what is it that you've seen, let's say, throughout the years, maybe not just this weekend, but throughout the years, uh, that when you visited schools that you saw uh, maybe some commonalities that defined or helped them yeah. to be successful? What what are some of those? Uh, well, well, um, I look at there's a few com everything is is common and and when I see that common meaning like people who are not successful, if you grouped all of those schools that were struggling and not successful together, there's a lot of commonalities with the way they think, the way they act, and the habits that they have, and then there are those that are super successful and the habits that they have, um, you know, so that there is there is a definitely there's commonality between the both. Um, so hey, why I don't could, we do? Yeah, 
Yeah, why don't we do this first? Because sometimes in order to define, I think, sometimes in order to define the things that uh, are good, it's it's really good to get the things out of the way that are bad. So, right. you know, in order to find out what you want to do in life, if you just make a list of the things that you don't want to do that you don't like, then that narrows right. it down to help you find out what you do. So maybe we quickly talk about that first is, you know, uh, the, the commonalities of unsuccessful people in order to help us to define the successful school owner. Right. Well, I can tell you this, though, too, and one other thing we should really clarify is that there are a whole bunch of different perceptions or levels of perception of success, right? So um, maybe a guy who's selling puka bead necklaces in Costa Rica walking the beach making enough money to pay for his family or enough for him to survive is success to him. Maybe his dream was always to just be on the beach 24 hours a day, and that's really all that mattered to him, right? Others have different levels of success. I'll give you an example. Um, I've never watched a show before, and my, my fiance Nicole has, and then we just started watching the Jersey Shore. They go on vacation to Miami. I've no, I don't know the characters. I don't know what they do. So it's like Snooky and this one and that one and so on. But there's the one dude out of all of them that is uh, he's this Italian guy, spiked hair, blah, blah, blah. The guy makes like $20 million a year. He's a DJ. And the situation, right? The situation. Well, no, the, si- the situation is actually in court going to prison for, oh, okay. or going to jail for tax evasion. Um, the, uh, it's the other guy, Joey D or Tony D or whatever. But he, they show him at his house, a, a Rolls Royce. In, and inside his living room, the cars are parked, his Lamborghinis parked, his motorcycle collection. Like he's living massively, but you get to see the difference between what he decided to do and run with in his career and the other ones decided to do. Some of them are broke. Some of them spent all their money. Some of them didn't really make money. Um, and this one is like making massive money. He parlayed it into a career where he's, you know, he's doing these $10 million a year gigs and uh, DJing. It's crazy, like all year long. So anyway, so there's different levels of success. So to answer your question, one thing that I find with not people who aren't successful are excuses. That's the top thing. Like, like I can't do that in my area. I can never charge that price where I live. Now, if that were the case, I live in New York, which is technically a higher income, you know, demographic. Well, my friends who are in Peekskill and my other friend who's in Putnam is charging more than I am on Long Island. And they live in this rural area. So it's not where you live, it's how you set yourself up for success. So definitely excuse makers, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that, that will never work, I can't use that system, my people don't like this thing. And really it's nothing more than a reflection and a deflection of that person's personality, right? So excuses. The, the other thing that I would say is sheer laziness. And when I say that, I don't mean like total laziness, like that they just lay in bed all day. But I could tell you what you and I do all day long compared to what they do is like night and day. You and I work a 15-hour day or a 13-hour day. They work maybe a four-hour day. Their dojo opens up at four. They get there at 10 to four. They teach their classes, and then they leave. They're, you know, For me, I'm up at nine in the morning working. I mean, I'm up earlier. But I'm at, the, at my computer in my home disciplined and working, doing marketing, doing Facebooking, doing social media. Even when I go to bed and it's not the best thing to do, I'm laying in my bed with my phone, making videos and doing social media. I really should take your advice and put the phone down and spend quality time with my fiance. We should both just at a certain time shut our phones off. And I think we're going to do that. We do that on the Sundays. Sunday is no, a social media blockout. We don't go to social media at all. 
It's no social media Sundays. Um, but uh, I should do that more. Like after 8 o'clock, I'm done. Like I had a lady text me the other day, hey, can we talk? And I'm like, not really. It's a little late. It's 1030 at night. She's a customer, wants to talk about her classes. I'm like, we could talk tomorrow, though. I'm in bed already, getting ready for sleep. You know, um, watching TV, I don't want to be, I don't want to get upset or angry maybe or, you know, frustrated. I'm like, it's just, we'll just do it tomorrow. And, and she was okay with that. But um, so laziness, I, I mean, you see it, right? You coach people, you talk to people, excuses and why they don't do things and, and the laziness of why they can't do it because they're, you know, they're too busy. Like, you know, uh, they can't get out of their own way, so to speak. What are your thoughts? I totally agree, and um, I, not only not only uh, uh, laziness, um, but sometimes thinking that activity actually equals accomplishment. So right. that they're doing more things, and the more things that they do, that's going to actually uh, achieve something. Where in reality, it's the exact opposite. Less is best. Um, and and if you are doing more, make sure that you're doing more of the right things as opposed to the incorrect things. And so. I see that I see that a lot where um you know we think that just because we're doing a activity that we're going to be able to move forward. I I would say the other thing is the lack of of discipline and also and I'm going to uh, kind of curtail on or, or come up to the end of what you were talking about uh not putting rules into place so that people can't right. uh what Dan Kennedy calls be uh, time vampires right, to right. you. And, and, and I'll give you uh, a for instance. Did, did he say that or did we come up with that? I thought we came up with the time no, vampire. It's in thing. his book. It's in his oh. book. I'm sorry. See? Yeah. Under yeah. time management. No BS time management. No, it's his. It's his. Okay, cool. And maybe, and maybe he took it from somebody else. So we just maybe us. Maybe, maybe he stole it from us. No, just joke. That, just... that could be. Um, <laughs> so, and, and, and uh, I, so I had, um, I, okay. I hate the fact that people can get a hold of me 12 different ways, right? They can call me at the school. They can text me at the school. They can email me at the school. They can Facebook message me on my personal Facebook message. They can Facebook messenger me on my personal Facebook messenger. They can Facebook message me on our uh, our TriStar page, and they can um, just do a regular post on the TriStar page, not to mention my LinkedIn. And You get the point. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. So, uh, you know, I had um, an individual that was uh, talking about, um, uh, what was it, uh, oh, class for their kids. They messaged us on the TriStar Messenger. And, you know, I, I waited until it was an appropriate time, number one. I waited till it was an appropriate time, uh, like 9 o'clock in the morning or whatever, to respond back. But, I also respond back with, number one, a question at the end, and an if yes, then this, if no, then this type answer, meaning right. that I'm going to sh I'm gonna shorten the time length that I'm texting back and forth with this person so I can get them in for a trial or get a call, you know, at least get a phone number to get a call or whatever it is. And I, and I find that, um, you know, the unsuccessful school owner is they're doing a whole bunch of stuff, but they're, they're, they're not seeing the bigger picture that their time is worth more than anything else in that business. And right. they need to create rules and structures. Um, if this, then this, if this, then this. So again, if somebody, uh, uh, Facebook messages me, whether it's on my personal or, or the, the school one, 
number one, I only do that within the hours uh, that we're open. And right. I always, always do if yes, then this, if no, then this. Or if it's uh, trying to get a call, I say, um, you know, these are the available times that I have. Which one works best for you, the 1 o'clock, the 2 o'clock, or the 3 o'clock? And I have about, you know, 10 minutes to chat or whatever it is, depending on, mm-hmm. you know, the, the conversation. Yeah. Um, with regards to what you were talking about, when somebody wants to talk about classes, you know, number one, I would uh, respond again in, in, the, in the correct time frames that I'm open. And then number two, I would say, yep, I'd love to uh, sit down and chat with you. Uh, let's make a meeting. I have an opening uh, at this date, this time, or this date, this time. We can meet at the studio, which works best for you. Right, right, right. Yeah, because I hate going back and forth. Yeah, the particular one that I was talking about was somebody who was not happy um, with uh, uh, something that my program manager offered them as far as credit on time, so they wanted to speak to the owner. So that that was the reason. And that's fine. But I would still, but I still would tell them, you know, hey, I will do it at this date, this time. Yep. That's when my schedule is open. And I've had people say to me before, well, you know, you're typing back right now. Why don't you have time to talk? You know, and I right. say, look, I'm actually doing something right now. I'm at another appointment. I don't care if it was if if I was responding at 10 o'clock at night. That other appointment is with my spouse or with myself or whatever it is. So yeah. it's not a lie. You know, no, I remember no. going out. I, I, my brother was in town. He lives in Montana. My brother was in town, and uh, I, I I told him I said, hey, I can. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's meet. I said, but I only have until eight o'clock, and then I have another appointment. So I met him. We talked. Whatever. You know, we hung out. And I said, look, it's, uh, it's 10 to 8. I said, I got to get going. He goes, he goes, what appointment do you have at 8 o'clock at night? And I said, oh, I said, I'm meeting Jason, my, my other friend. I said, I'm meeting Jason for dinner. He said, that's not an appointment. I said, yeah, it is an appointment. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I think um, time management for unsuccessful school owners, and believe me, I'm not perfect, yeah. um, is horrible. Is right. horrible, and 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 the ones that are successful guard their time because uh, they know that their time is the most precious thing that they possibly have. I mean, well, besides your family, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, I heard this this weekend too, where people know me, and I was teaching. And they're like, they said to Nicole, um, they said, uh, this guy is always doing something, but yet he has time to watch like entire seasons of stuff on Netflix. And what people don't realize, like I'm working nonstop and I get all my tasks done from, let's say, 9 to 4 or 3.45. Then I go to my school and I work from 4 to whatever. And then when I'm done, I'm done. Like, I, you know, I might be doing social media and little stuff like that, but I can still be relaxing while doing that because I enjoy it to some extent. But at the same time, um, I work well and get things done because I'm a good taskmaster. I mean, I use the, the Stephen Covey system. Uh, Franklin Covey, and, you know, I have my list of what I did today, you know, and I checked off and what I have to do, so I'm always following my list according to priority um, and so on and so forth. So I think successful school owners also goal set and time slice and put their, you know, and write out what they're going to do ahead of time rather than letting the tides, so to speak, bring them where they bring them, right? Like, oh, my God, like almost like a, a person with ADD, business ADD. They're, they're working on whatever, and then the phone rings, and now they're here, and then they're at the, and that, they never get anything accomplished that way. I'm always driven. Even if I get an interruption, I'm driven right back to the task at hand, and that's why I'm able to, uh, you know, do as much as I actually do and get accomplished. In my book, uh, Martial Art Business 101, one of the biggest com- compliments I got was when I shared – 
my um, top, my day. I think I did like a week of what I do in a day from by the minute I wake up, 9.30 to 10, and this, da, 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 da. people are like, holy crap, I can't believe how much you get done. But everyone can do that. They just got to be organized to, to be a production maven, so to speak. Well, and that's what Zig Ziglar talks about the day before vacation um, idea is you get you get more done on the day before vacation than you get done in a whole week or even a whole two weeks or months sometimes because I love that you you've set the priority and you have a timeline that it's got to be done by because you're going on vacation the next day so you know that you got to get this to you know you got to get the dog uh, to the kennel you got to get this and you got to get that or whatever right. it is. But you actually sat down and made a list of the things that you got to get done on the day before, you know, so that by the end of the day or by the end of that day, the day before vacation, you are absolutely finished. And um, yeah, and 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 that's where, like, okay, so I did a uh, a talk. Um, it was a career day, and it was a school. Uh, what is it like? Thirty miles away from here, so it's, I'm not even going to pull any students from there. But I've right. I, I, I've done I've done career days where you just sit behind the booth, and if they ask you questions, you know, you answer them. I've never done a career day where I had to craft a speech and then give a 30-minute presentation to, you know, I had six different classes that I did it to. And uh, one of the most beautiful things uh, was uh, that, I, that I actually, I mean, I went and did it, and, but, but the thing that I told them was, is, uh, the, you know, the best thing for me, uh, I think the best thing is, you know, owning your own business is that you own your own business. Right. You, know, you get to be your own boss. I said, but the yeah. but the worst thing about owning your own business is, well, you you are your own boss. And I yeah. said, you get to move that proverbial red line when you don't get it done. And there's nobody to hold you accountable. So you can go, well, I didn't get that project done. I can just move it a day later. You know, and I said, that's the worst thing about being our own boss. And I think that's yeah. another that's an, that's another difference between successful school owners and not successful school yeah. owners. Successful school owners when they make that goal, when they make that deadline, by gosh, they're going to hit that deadline, um, mm-hmm. if, if not 99% of the time, right? Yeah. Um, but unsuccessful school owners or striving successful school owners have to learn that through the school of hard knocks that they have to not move that red line. That red line is put there for a purpose, and they, they need to have some sort of urgency to get that project done. You know what's interesting? Uh, there's two things. Number one, I have a student of mine who's on here with us, and he's a successful business owner. And he just shared our message, but he hashtagged it. And he wrote, hashtag success is all about time management, right? And and it's very true, right? Knowing how to accomplish in a day. In, and by the way, you could. Pro- I know I accomplish in four hours what one guy might take 10 hours to do. And sometimes even with my staff and employees, like, I'd be like, what's, what's taking you so long? I could have had the, like, I, I'll give you an example, silly, stupid example. My, my daughter and I, we label our tournament flyers, right? So we have to put the label on the flyer and stamp it. And I'm, I've been doing this for like 20 years. So I'm like, fast. I, sta- I snap it down. I pick it up and I pick the flyer up with the label and slap it down and throw a stamp on. And my daughter and I would have races to see who could get it done quicker. And it's just because I found a, a cheat. I found a method. I found a way to get it done twice as fast through practice, right? So that's what makes it interesting. You and I can accomplish more than the average person because we're all so good at it because we've practiced it so much and we're actually masters at it, right? So that's important. Well, yeah, but, but, yeah, but I think we also understand as school owners, we understand the, the, the difference between uh, on-stage time, off-stage time, and then, or excuse me, backstage time and then off-stage time. And, and, and so what I mean by that is this. 
on stage time when you are out there teaching that's all you can do you can't get any anything else done you're not going to be able to work on any projects you can't right i mean there's just no way now backstage time that's when you're going to work on the projects and those type of things you're going to update the website you're going to work on the marketing plan or what have you your off stage time that's when you know obviously that's when you're relaxing that's your downtime um now i will say what we have as owners to our benefit i think moreover than our employees is that when we have our off stage time when we're working on our project you know you're doing your projects out of your house right yeah i'm doing yeah. my projects out of my house and even when i was at the studio when my my um my office was at the studio i was in my office and the program director was there to answer the phones and when somebody walked in or what have you I didn't get interrupted, and you know how it is. Maybe you, maybe you're better than me. When I'm in the groove and I'm working on X, Y, or Z, I need I, I I can't have the phone go off. I don't you know I don't check any email. I'm in the zone to get it done. Right. Our employees, they're not unless their position is such, they're not afforded that opportunity. They have to stop answer the phone when it comes on. Uh, when somebody walks in or when the email comes in because somebody opted into the form. I mean, they have more interruptions during their uh, backstage time than we do. So we should be able to get more done. Uh, so I want to cut them a little slack. But I, I, the, the whole, the whole uh, uh, gist of what I'm trying to say is successful school owners know the difference between onstage time, backstage time, and offstage time. And they, they, they schedule things appropriately that fit into those categories uh, to, in order to move their business and themselves forward. Absolutely. And by the way, I, I have to comment on that because what you're saying is just so, so important because, um, you know, we, we, we said it before, like a school owner may have an excuse not to do whatever because they're busy. They teach from four to eight. They're a one man show, right? So, you know, how can't, you can't, find a way to do double stuff, right? But, but you can do more as far as time. Like, for instance, one time I was watching, I love um, Gene Simmons from Kiss. You mentioned him before, right? Like rock star uh, person, Gene Simmons. But um, he once was, like, talking about business, and he said, okay, there's 168 hours in the week, right? If, we're, if we work 24 hours a day, which is totally impossible, that would total 168. He said, but if we work an eight-hour day, five days a week, that's a 40-hour week, right? And if you times that by four, it's 160 hours in a month, right? But if you did a only two hours more a day at five days a week, 10 hours a day, you'd be doing 50 that's 200 hours a month, and that's 40 hours more than just a 40-hour work week. So just for two hours extra per day, right? And let's just say you added on another day and you worked a Saturday and you added on eight hours. If you, if you worked a 40-hour work week, you'd be working 48. If you worked a 50-hour work week, you'd be working 58 hours. So if you just total that out by $10, $10 an hour, at the end of the year, it's going to be pretty, pretty high, you know, and if you worked a 60 hour work, you, you really work 60 hours, that's 240 hours, right? 240 hours a week. Um, so, I mean, it, it really all depends on how much time and energy. And I find instructors that run schools, um, I don't think they have, and you said this before, the bad part about that is that they have the choice 
to be able to say what and do whatever they want. So if they say, oh, if it was raining today, I couldn't get out and do whatever. And and one of my guys who's listening right now, Lewis and I, we've talked. He's like, I can't go out and do whatever. Today it's really a downpour in Florida. And I'm like, dude, just go out and get an umbrella. Go out and do it. And, you know, it's 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 not impossible, but it's inconvenient. But when you really need to make things work, you got to put in that extra time. And him and I chatted about that. And now he's doing it every day. He's no excuses. He's getting out there because he realizes, like, you know, if you miss 20 hours of this week, next week you can't get it back. You'll never get to 20 hours, even if you work 20 hours more. So my point by bringing up the amount of times that are available, um, the amount of work that you could be doing, um, you will reap the rewards. But again, like you said before, too, you have to do what's right. Like you can't be just social media on Facebook talking to people who are not going to give you any return for your dollars, you know, return on investment, ROI, like just being on Facebook it, and, and, you know, people will say, I, I'm working on getting friends on Facebook. Well, who cares? The majority of those people that are going to friend you are from a different town, a different state, a different country. Who cares? Unless they're going to become potential students, it's really almost a waste of your time. Yeah, and, and that's a, a, low, um, a low priority uh, activity for a school owner, in my opinion. And so right. that brings me to what I was going to say next is um, unsuccessful school owners don't know what their time is worth. Right. And by not knowing what their time is worth, then they choose to uh, do activities that will not necessarily move them forward the quickest and are not necessarily the best activities that, they should be doing. I'm not saying right. that it shouldn't be done, but right. that they shouldn't be doing. So, for instance, let's talk about getting people on Facebook to friend you. I've got a system set up through my my uh, contact management system where when somebody somebody's email address is entered in to my contact management system, there is a task that's created to take that person's name and email address and go and try to find them um, on Facebook and then, and then friend request them. And I've got, uh, it's a notepad, you know, on the, on the computer that they copy right. what I want to be said once they find that person and they post it in that, that person as a message to them to accept the friend request and then like our page. Um, now who do I have do that? Well, I used to have my program director do that. Um, but then that got to be too massive. Meaning, you know, like we do our martial arts field trips. So, you know, in one month I might have 200 people or 300 people that came through on a field trip in that month and we're still doing birthday parties on the weekend. So I could have another right. 50 to, to 60 in that month, even more sometimes, maybe another 100. So now I have, let's say, four to 500 people that we're, we're trying to find on Facebook. That's not manageable by somebody that I'm paying that amount of money it, that's still a lower priority for them. I know, stick with me. Right. So what did I do? I, I, I have my virtual assistant do it. And I pay my virtual assistant a lot less than what I pay, and my virtual assistant's in the Philippines. But what I pay him is pretty decent money in the Philippines, but it's not the same amount that I would pay here. And right. so I bring all that up because I need to know what my time is worth as an owner. Right. And then I need to be doing those activities that are at that pay scale. Right. And, and then start assigning activities that are at the other levels pay scale. 
And right. uh, I think that's important. Now, if you're looking to find out what your time is worth, uh, I just posted inside. We have our martial arts business uh, manifesto that we put out, what, two, two and a half years ago? Yeah. Um, and and uh, if you're listening to the recording of this now on the podcast, you can go to schoolundertalk.com and uh, you can find it uh you can find it there like if you were to just go on a uh, a posts page it's it's on the right hand side if you're on a computer or you have to scroll right. all the way down if you're on a on a on a phone but uh we have the time the the, the actual mathematics uh set up for you all you got to do is plug in the numbers and then do the calculation and voila you'll find out exactly what your time is worth so i yeah. said all that to to say su- successful school owners know what their time is worth and they do the appropriate activities that are slotted for what their time is worth. Not that you don't do some lower activities, but in general, you do the activities that you're paid for. I, and I love that, you know, and it's, it's interesting because that was a hard dynamic for me to learn. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go back in time to when I owned a landscape construction company. And, um, I remember I would be out there with my guys. I mean, I worked like a dog. In fact, I could shovel, you know, Red Rock and, and, you know, Long Island Rock quicker than anybody, right? And I'd be filling wheelbarrows, and I'd see my guys that I'm paying next to me pacing themselves and taking it easy. And, and I would just – I thought, hey, if I worked harder, they'll work harder. But, no, they thought, like, hey, if he's going to work so hard, I could work less. So I had to learn to have to start teaching them to do it quicker and me directing them. So the next thing I would say is leadership, right? Leadership is all about, and I've seen, and I don't know if you posted this recently, but I saw a picture like leadership isn't the boss yelling down at the people. Leadership is the boss leading the people, right? So, but at the same time, you can't be the boss doing the work for the people or else why pay them, right? So you got to work out where everyone owns their responsibility, everyone is ownership in their job. And, and I think it, here's the thing that may be lacking a little, um, but it's people buying into and wanting to and believing in enough in their job that they have a, they have a pride in making it the best, working hard, give, working for the school, the business, the company, so that that at school is, stays in business and is profitable and runs fairly and everything. I mean, they have to have pride and ownership in, in their job or else it's just a job. You know, I'm, I don't have to do it. I'm going like, to do text messaging on the phone and while I should be working or I'm going to be – like I had an employee the other day. It was funny. We joked about it. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watching cat videos. Uh, but, but you're supposed to be working. Like, why did you just admit to that? And we laughed. I'm like, you're not supposed to be watching cat videos, right? You shouldn't do that. So anyway, long story short – you got to be working when you're being paid for work, but not all the time does that happen. So it's the ethic, right. but get, getting people to buy in and, and it's still, it goes all the way up to that leadership mindset. So that's another well, successful trait, right? Right. Yeah. And the, well, and that means that the school owner, right? The school owner uh, knows what they want and right. they have a vision and they're able to cast right. that vision onto everybody else and get a buy-in from everybody else. Mm-hmm. and are able to do it uh, consistently. So it's not just a one-time buy-in. You know, it's the same thing with our our, um, our clients. We don't have a one-time buy-in from them. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe you get them to sign up for a year or, or 10 years or whatever. Right, right. But just because they signed up for one year or 10 years doesn't mean that you automatically consistently have a buy-in from them. They, You have to keep uh, reminding them of the choice that they made and why they need to still stay with you. The same thing right. is with regards to uh, your your staff as the owner. 
you, you know, your employees need to be reminded of what the mission is and why they still want to be in, involved with that mission. So it's not right. just a one-time buy-in. It's a, a, a continual buy-in. And, and, and like, so last night, I surprised my staff. Uh, that, uh, so in the beginner's class, I had already planned that, uh, last night, Tuesday, and then Thursday, I'm gonna teach, uh, these, uh, the, the beginner's class. And specifically the yellow belts in that beginner's class. And so I had, uh, four extra, or I had four instructors that were just, they bowed in with us and everything, but I had them sit along to the side with their notebooks. And I said, your job is to take as many notes on what I'm doing, why am I doing it, uh, and, and any questions you have with regards to why I did something, uh, I will have questions for you because on Friday in our meeting, I'm going to start asking you questions on what you saw on Tuesday and what you saw on Thursday. And I had one storm team member, she's probably, I don't know, 11 years old, help me. Now, there was only, let's see, eight students, eight yellow belts in that class. And uh, But my goal was I want them to see what dynamic teaching looks like I want them to ask questions on, well, why did you do that? Um, because I find that it's difficult for me sometimes to translate what I want them to do, but it's certainly a lot easier when they see it in action and then they ask me, hey, why did you do X, Y, or Z? I also feel, personally, I feel that when they're asking the questions, they're, they – it allows me to be able to teach them. I don't want to teach somebody that doesn't want to learn. But when they're asking the questions, I know that they want to learn. Um, and that opens up the door for me to be able to teach them when they're the most receptive, if that makes right. sense. So I think yeah. a good leader, I say that because I think a good leader leads by example. They practice what they preach. They're not perfect. You know, I did make a mistake. I forget what it was now, now that I'm on camera here. I made some sort of mistake. I called something, one thing, I don't remember what it was. And I go, did I just, you know, I look back to the class. I go, did I just say, and they go, yeah. I go, oh, I said, I'm wrong. I said, this is what it is, you know. And then, um, uh, but that was a good example to show them that, look, it's okay to mess up in front of your students. Um, it, own it, admit it, correct it, and then keep on moving forward. Right, so, right. Uh, again, to say that, to say that uh, you know, a, uh, uh, the leader of the school should uh, lead by example and teach by example um, so that, you know, those things can be caught. Right, right. I love it. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, going back to, you know, identifying uh, deficits or the people that aren't successful, right, um, it's really a matter of just shifting perception and shifting habits, like, and developing new habits, right? Like, so your habit may be, and, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing because some of us work towards maybe sleeping in and starting your day at whatever time you decide to wake up, right? That might be your goal. However, others may say you work, you know, you work and you wake up with an alarm clock. Even though you work out of your house and you're self-employed, you wake up every morning at 7 o'clock. And my good buddy, Sensei uh, Shion or Soke John Oschlager, Every time he gets up, he's ready. He does his workout. He has his home gym. He's on the treadmill. He watches TV while running or walking. He does his weight training, and he's seventy something years old, um, or just about seventy years old. And he, um, you know, he does this. This is his habit. This is his morning ritual, right? For me, I will read. I like to always wake up, read, and then I'll watch some positive show on TV, like a business show, whether it be. Uh, 
um, you know, the, the prophet or, you know, undercover boss, something that uplifts me and gives me motivation to run my school and my stuff. So everyone has their success habits. So do you have anything like what is your ritual success habits? I know one that you used to do, I don't know if you still do it, where you schedule some time to just do like a dreaming room, right? You used to, when you were single, I think, go and rent a room by yourself and you would kind of study and, and write down and ideas and things you wanted to do once a year. Um, do you do things like that still? Like, cause I, I mean, I wish I could flip my camera around right in front of me. I have a huge whiteboard and it has all of my businesses, one, two, three, four, five, six different businesses listed with the goals. Every year I, I write it and I write new goals, what wasn't accomplished, what I want to do, what I want to delete, new things I want to add. And then I have personal goals too. Like, you know, lose weight, get to a certain weight, do yoga on a regular basis, get back to the gym, um, finish writing my book. I'm reading it right now. Practice swords, shooting firearms and archery, which I've been doing with my, my student and, uh, you know, paying down debt. You know, all of these things are on there as my personal. Travel more with Nicole, you know, things of that nature. So what do you do? Yeah, well, I used to, uh, you're right, I used to go rent a room for a couple of days and just lock myself in, and, and of course, I'd come out and go to dinner or whatever. And I even did that when I, I did that before I got married, and then when I got married, I continued to do that for a couple of years. Um, and then I've since not done that before. Just it was a season of my life that it worked. Um, yeah. You know, I'm in a di- different season in my life now. Uh, I, I The season I'm in, that I'm in my life now, I am afforded a, a, a little more, quiet time than I was back then. Back then I was on 24-7. Uh, right. And so I needed, in order to get away, I needed to, to, to get away. Now yeah. I'm a, I, I've learned how to manage my time a lot better. I've learned how to manage uh, the connections with me. I have staff that can take along uh, some of those burdens. And so, and not, I don't mean burdens in a bad way, but uh, just some of those duties and stuff that I can walk away and just stay in my office and, and work on X, Y, or yeah. Z and, and, and not be interrupted. So I just want to preface that by saying, look, um, you, you're, you, we're, we're all in different stages in our lives, and we've got to find out what fits for that stage. I guess what I would say is, you know, number one is decide what your ideal week, if you can control everything, decide what your ideal week would look like. And then decide um, when your onstage time is, because that, that, that's when you ain't going to get nothing done. You know, that is all of your, that's all of your, uh, you know, teaching and those type of things. Um, decide when your off stage time is. And let me define off stage. For us as school owners, I think off stage time is that's where you're working on the, the new lesson plan or the curriculum or the, um, you know, the, the new ad that's going to happen or the event that's coming up. That's, that's your off, or excuse me, your backstage time. And then decide your off-stage time, you know, when that's going to be. If it's every Saturday and Sunday, and I don't know if you can hear. i got a guy outside my window blow, uh, blowing leaves no, so you can hear that. I can't. Um, I can't. Okay. But uh, so I, I, I think, one, uh, fill out what your ideal week would look like if you could control it. Know that it's not always going to be ideal because that's, that's just the way that it goes. And then you need to decide what your priorities are for yourself with regards to, and I think that there's two goals that you want to keep in mind. One is your achievement goal. What is that? Well, maybe you want to, you know, sign up 10 more students, right? Uh, or you, uh, you know, you, you want to um, implement a new program. Those are your achievement goals. And then your habit goals uh, are separate. 
And so you would create those habit goals. I want to I want to read for 30 minutes every day, or you know I want to um, you know I want to work out 30 minutes a day, or I want to be uh, at this weight. And then um, you track those habits and you track the achievements. Of course, both of them you put a time frame on. Uh, that's the most important. And then you fit them into your ideal day or your ideal week on how you're going to actually get those things done, yet still be able to be productive inside of your business and, uh, you know, still be able to have a family life. And I think those that's probably as simplistic as I can get it. Um, you know, I, I mean, I could share my routine, but I, I think the problem with sharing too much of the routine is that somebody thinks that, well, that way is the successful way. That's not true. What is the successful way is that the overview that I gave you, you fit that in uh, and you create your own uh, regiment that works in your situation and uh, not only your situation at the moment, um, but your situation at, uh, in time, meaning the season in life that you're in, um, because it's going to change. And I think you reevaluate it every single quarter. So your ideal week uh, might look like X this quarter, and but by the end of this next quarter, you're like, you know, oh, wait a second, that really didn't work out. I need to shift this, or I found that, you know, this isn't working. I need to move this. And now you do a new ideal week for the next quarter. Um, because at some point, at some year, your life is going to change and free up in some aspects. You know, I have – uh, one child that's out of the house and, and they're married and we have grandkids. I have another one, I have two that are living with me. One is an adult, you know, just, uh, getting off on his feet, right? Uh, and he'll be out of the house. And, uh, and, and then our, our youngest one is gonna be a junior next year. And then what, two more years he'll be off at college. So my life is going to change at that time. And my, my ideal week will change at that time as well. Yeah. Does that, it, does that make sense? Uh, totally. And it happened with me with my daughter. You know, she was like my entire life. I, I, my life revolved around her schedule, picking her up and driving her to school, bringing her to dance, flute, Girl Scouts, dojo, demo team, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then she went away to college, and I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I don't have to wake up at 5 in the morning to drive her, get her ready for school and all that stuff. So my life changed. And, and by the way, it's changed many times throughout my life, you know, when she was born compared to when she wasn't. Um, you know, it's interesting, though, what I like, too, is that certain people, what, what they, the, another thing is learning and studying and education, right? So I think that that's a big thing. Successful people tend to be addicted to be improving themselves. You know, um, they're reading books, they're getting self-help videos, they're doing this, they're doing that, right? I wrote on here, and I haven't done this for quite some time, but on my website, AliAlberigo.com, I have a section of all the books that I've read. And I was addicted. My job was my, like I thought like I needed to read. I read 25 books this year. Next year I want to read 30 and I want to read 40. And then what I did was I'd write down the books and I'd put stars next to them as far as the quality of what they were. But here's the interesting thing. Now that I look at it years later, I could see like where my head was at for that year by the style of books that interested me and what I was reading more of. And that's where my evolution was. So I'm going to share that link right now. And I just hit it into, um, into our, our page where that link is for the reviews. And, you know, like, you know, 2000, 2000 and no, 1999 is when I started it. And I, I read 13 books, 2000, read 10, 2000, we're on 19 and then 23. And then, you know, then one year, 32 books, and some of them are silly, Harry Potter, adventure books, you know, 
Um, but but a lot of them are all like full steam ahead by Glenn uh, Ken Blanchard, right? And um, uh, why smart people do dumb things and rich dad success stories and all these books you could tell like where my evolution was. So I suggest well, school owners, you know, read and learn and, and, and study. Don't get caught in what you and I have talked about, the thick of things, the day-to-day. Always try to find a new way, a new bet, a new addition, something that can help you. Always be the proverbial student. Yeah, and I was going to say there's a difference between reading for pleasure and then reading for uh, learning. And I, I love the concept of uh, uh, called just-in-time learning. So right. when you see, when you see a uh, – um, uh, a hole or a uh, some sort of uh, bottleneck in your business and you've defined what it is, then you go out and you research the books or products or speakers or whatever that are going to be able to help you get that breakthrough uh, in inside of uh, whatever that, you know, whatever that bottleneck is. And uh, then you, you, you learn what you need to learn in order to move forward. Maybe you learn a few other things, but... Um, you know, you learn what you learn in order to move forward, and that's what I call just-in-time learning. Um, you should be reading some books, uh, you know, just to just to soak it up. And I and I would think that you know, uh, Think and Grow Rich, you know, some of those. Uh, I think they classic, just made a mo- they just made a movie about that, by the way. I did, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I got to uh, watch the that. book. Read the yeah. book. Uh, yeah, you know, but some of those core. Um, books that are, you know, the e-myth. And so some of those core books for business owners are absolutely necessary. Right. Um, and, and then the other ones, you know, if you want to learn how to market, then you decide, you know, who do I want to read? What do I want to learn? If it's direct response marketing, then, you know, you pick up a Dan Kennedy book. Uh, right. Not that there aren't other direct response marketers, but I would say, hey, you know, pick up his book and learn from him. Um, yeah. Or take his course, or you want to learn copywriting, then you're going to go to John Carlton. Of course, you could go to uh, Dan Kennedy, and you want to learn copywriting from there. If you want to learn how to be a better uh, teacher, well, then you need to pick up some books on teaching and 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 just immerse yourself in that. And like you said, you're going to be in, uh, and you saw that in your books. You're going to be in seasons of your life that you need something extra or something more. And something right. less, and so you may not right. read about marketing because you need to learn how to, how to teach awesome classes and have sco- student retention uh, because you're losing students, and it doesn't matter how many you market to and get in because all you're going to do is lose them if you don't yeah. learn how to keep them. So, and then once you get that quote unquote mastered, then you go, okay, now I want to learn about marketing because my back end is, is is you know the holes are filled to X right. percent. You know now I I can you know so. Yeah, I think it's important. We need to be we need to be readers. We need to learn to love to read. I when I did that speech uh to uh the uh, the career day, I told them I said, "Listen, I said, I'm going to give you a couple of writer downers." I said, "Number 1, I said you need to learn how to love to read. You have to learn how to love to read." I said, "I sucked at reading. I hate reading. I don't even I, I don't even love reading now." I said, "But I love the results." And that's right. what I've had to tell myself is, you know, look, you may not like it, but uh, you, you love the results, so do it for the results, you know. Right. And then I told them, I said, um, the other thing is to make sure that you, um, you know, you 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 are you know how to manage your time to the best of your ability. I said, right. you, if you learn how to love to read and you know how to manage your time, you're going to be able to go places. I agree 100%. I mean, it's all, all of these things that, that you're saying that you do, that I do, and these habits that we're saying. Um, by the way, all of them that we talked about could be read about, right? 
So anything that we're saying, yeah, learn this or learn that, you can read about it. The second thing is, too, though, is that I found that the people I'm around, like guys like you, you've sent me some books. Like you said, I think you were the one who recommended me Shoe Dog, right? Yeah, uh, was it yeah. the Nike story? And then I read, read it and recommended it to a friend. Like I, my other buddy sent me a book called Make Your Bed, and I recommended that book to you. And I've recommended it to a bunch of friends. And, you know, so and it, it's really all about people who are in similar minded activities or similar mindsets. They'll enjoy the same kind of things because those things that we read will benefit our lives. Right. And by the way, if you hate to read, get the audio books and, and listen well, I to do. them. On your, I do. Yeah. Like what I mean, like, you know, and you do that all the time. But for the people that are listening, if reading is not your thing, don't dismiss it. Buy the audio version. Put it in your car to and from work. Listen to it on your iPod before you go to bed. I remember one time I couldn't sleep. I was up for like six hours, and I listened to the, almost the entire book by Tesla, the guy who wrote Tesla Motors, his his uh, success 10 or 15 success tips. And um, I just lay there in bed like three-quarters of the way awake, uh, you know, a quarter away sleeping, and listened. And it was a great, great thing. I, I couldn't sleep. Might as well take advantage of it. So I listened. I didn't want to read because my eyes were tired, so I laid there and listened. So you get something out of it. So that's my; those are some of my suggestions. Yeah, and I'll say that uh, um, on some of the books, I will get the audio and, and the actual book. Um, uh-huh. Because once I listen to the audio, uh, I go, man, I, I really want that book because I want to highlight and I want to take notes inside of it. So right. then I'll go back and buy the book. And uh, I found, like for me, uh, after I've listened to the book, I go back and I can read it and I can actually understand it a lot better right. because I've already listened to it. My comprehension, my problem is I read slow and my comprehension is bad. But but yeah. when I've listened to the book, I go back and read it and I, I go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, right. And so that's what right. I find helps me out. That's awesome. That's a great tip, too, because I, I always tell my kids, I go, have you ever read a book? and read like 10 pages, and then realize that you've read every single word, but you haven't actually read a single word. And they're yep. like, yeah, and then you got to go back. You know, sometimes people won't go back. They'll just go ahead. I normally, if that happens to me, I go back to where I remember reading from and read it all again. Because you could literally go through the motions and actually read, but your brain is somewhere else. Your consciousness is somewhere else. So that's important. And by the way, that's another uh, tip that I would say is a big success tip, is if you're going to do it, actually do it be in it yeah. you know like you know if you're going to make an activity don't spread yourself thin and do 20 activities at once do that one activity and put your undivided attention into it and um and make sure that you do it well and then you'll and then close it out and do, move on to the next one i'd rather see you do four things completely and and well than doing 40 things throughout the day you know media mediocrely is even that a word medium medium i'm trying to find the word for it but um uh doing it halfway and then not and not getting it you know not completing it it doesn't make sense agreed so i i think we you know we covered the surface we did something yeah you know with regards to the topic today there's obviously a lot more um but i, I guess maybe if we had to sum up i'd have to go back and listen to the call again because uh, I wasn't taking notes, but, um, you know, uh, successful school owners have good time management. Uh, they know where to put their time in. They know what their time is yep. worth. Uh, they no read excuses. and they learn. No excuses. No excuses. Uh, right, yeah. So they take responsibility for their own actions. They also take responsibility for their business's actions as well. Even if it wasn't their fault, uh, they take responsibility for it as well. And, um, you know, they're they're consistent learners. 
they're 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 good leaders, um, right. even to the point where they're they're humble enough to uh, say, "Yep, I made that mistake, uh, and it was my you know it was my fault or whatever." And then they move forward and they correct it and try not to make that same mistake again. Yep, absolutely. Great call though. I, I'm I'm motivated now too. Again, I always get motivated after our calls. So thank you for doing that for me and and us just chatting about things. Uh, which also another successful thing, and I'll leave everyone with this thought, is networking with like-minded people. I just came back for a breakfast. It was myself, uh, Master Grandmaster Rich Vecino, who has 10 schools, Mike Pinelli, Sensei Renchi Mike Pinelli, who has two schools, Shion Andrew Stigliano and his wife, Alexandra, and he has a very successful school. So all of us had breakfast this morning, mainly talking about our tournament, which is this coming Saturday and Sunday. I'm having a grapple fest and an open tournament. Um, but uh, we just chatted about our schools, what's working for us, you know, social media, how to handle it, how, you know, frustrations and, you know, talking about how we handle them, et cetera, et cetera. And, and laughing about a lot of good stuff, too. So that's really kind of it. Sometimes you need to just be with friends and joke and laugh. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, dude. Well, thanks so much. It's great being on the call again with you. And we'll see you next week. And next week we're going to have a special guest. Sounds good, sir. Everybody have a great day. Everyone take care. Sayonara.